This is a test of the emergency podcast system. Repeat, this is a test of the emergency podcast system. Disaster Girls is an unironic excavation of disaster movies with profiles as high as the tallest volcano and as low as the Marianas Trench. In order to ensure your safety and enjoyment, please remain calm and keep your ears locked on your hosts, myself, Jordan Gruciola, and me, Amanda Smith. Hello, and welcome back after your gap week to rest up and listen to all of the Disaster Girls back episodes. Uh, Disaster Girls has returned. It is I, once again, Jordan Cruciola. And I, Amanda Smith. And we are we are taking a different track a bit this week uh, with a, a disaster melodrama, yeah. really. It's like a disaster sort of adjacent movie. We are doing the... Disaster non-epic. It's not an epic. It's it, an hour it, and forty-five it minutes. Wanted to be an epic, right? But they aspirational didn't, epic. They um, couldn't give Kit Harrington enough lines <clears throat> to make it an epic. So yeah, aspirational epic. Pompeii, starring Kit Harrington. And I mean, what a cast! Kit Harrington, Emily Browning, Carrie Ann Moss, Kiefer Sutherland. Um, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna do my best to say his name correctly because he's a wonderful actor. Um, Adewale Akinuoye Akbaje, I believe. That's I think that's maybe a close pronunciation. And there's also Jared Harris. So it's it's almost and a, Carrie Ann Moss. Yeah, that I I got Carrie. So that's like it's almost a murderer's row. And uh, Amanda, would you care to tell us what the nature of this Pompeii movie is? So we all, when we think of Pompeii, think that the disaster was the uh, volcano erupting. But in truth, the disaster was love. Um, The movie is about a gladiator slave named Milo who is brought to the town of Pompeii where he, on the road, meets um, the beautiful Cassia, played by Emily Browning. Mm -hmm. Um, They bond after Milo snaps a horse's neck, as one does. Um, And then he has to fight in a gladiatorial ring, while also Cassia has to fight off the advances of the evil senator, what's his name, Corvus, played by Kiefer Sutherland, Mm -hmm. who wants to marry her. Mm -hmm. Um, And And it seems will suffice for, one could assume would suffice for raping her if he's not yeah, able I mean, to he's marry gonna, her. He's going to marry her. Yeah. It just might not be a consensual marriage. Yes. yes. It's, it's definitely a brokered marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, and with all the grossness implied by the age difference between Kiefer Sutherland and Emily Browning. Yes. And then amidst all of this with the gladiatorial inning and the rape threatening. The, the gladiating. The gladiating. <laughs> um, amidst all of that, there is, of course, the fact that Pompeii is going to erupt Little do they know within the next like twenty four to forty eight hours. Yeah, Mount Vesuvius is a rumbling. I right. I always call it. I'm, despite being mostly a geologist, I still always <laughs> call it Pompeii, even though it is Mount Vesuvius. They do a they they do a good job of reminding you periodically throughout the movie when just like between scenes they'll they'll just cut yeah to the volcano and just y- like, just show you the lava to there. remind you what this is all about here. Yeah, yeah. No, it was much like how in uh, Sex and the City, the city was the fifth main character. Yeah. In Pompeii, Mount Vesuvius is the the extra main character. Yeah, it's part it's, of the ensemble. It's very cast. present and inappropriately threatening. Like it's it's there, it's present. You don't forget at any point in the movie that this is going to happen. Yeah, yeah, and it and it does like it, it escalates like parts of the the coastline like fall off, and yeah. there are you know seemingly like 
fissures breaking open in the island to indicate like geo activity is happening. Uh, this is not just going to come out of nowhere. Yeah. There were warning signs. There were a lot of earthquakes happening, which is accurate. Like mm-hmm. they did a good job to get into the reality index of it all. Mm-hmm. Let's start off with the science because mm-hmm. that's where I like to start. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was, they did a good job of sticking to being mostly accurate. Mm-hmm. Um, it was I, like you and I talked about a little bit off air. It, it is a very, um, a, a really well recorded eruption. It's nice to know, especially that they, that they hewed to history and weren't just like, we have these records available. What the fuck ever. Yeah. We'll just figure it I out. I mean, so they definitely did a little bit. Yeah. Uh, it's the tsunami. It's nice to know that they paid attention at all and they weren't just like, yeah, it erupted. Yeah. You know, Vesuvius went up. Whatever. Whatever. People yeah. froze in ash on the ground. Like that thing. It was not, it's, it's nice that they, they didn't wholly abandon the historical record. Yeah. No, they, they did do a good job of um, at least trying to kind of mimic it. Um, like the tsunami didn't happen. And not only did the tsunami not happen, but it like dramatically didn't happen. One, we would have a record of it. I read, I read that there was a small tsunami in the Bay of Naples. It yeah. said a, it said a small a tsunami. A small tsunami. So perhaps just a wave hit. Yeah, like a small tsunami, not the pushing boats in. Right. Everyone has to flee from the harbor thing. Because yeah. in Herculaneum, which wasn't very far away. Right. A number of the bodies, the ca- the casts of the bodies, were found in caves along the shoreline. Mm. So it not only didn't happen, but like dramatically didn't happen. Mm-hmm. But sure, why not? They had the special effects budget go for it. Yeah, like live your truth, guys. Mm-hmm. Um, really impressed by the the wall's strength that it held off that tsunami. Yeah, there it, there's like a containment wall around mm-hmm. the city of Pompeii itself. It seems where because the this is we're jumping far toward the end at this point, but <clears throat> the the wave comes in and. Thank goodness it wasn't just enough to have the wave. There was the boat yeah, that the, the wave boat brought was in that was, critical. that was going down a corridor, that was going down a street, that was annihilating people along with the water as it was rushing through on the water. Well, then the boat hits the retaining wall and plugs the holes so the people get inside this wall and they're not being taken away by the wave, but that has essentially created a volcano kill box. Yeah. Really within Pompeii. Uh, where the pyroclastic flow will probably... I mean, it's going to swallow up everybody anyway, but that just, like, took they away any... No, yeah. yeah, there was no way they were getting past it at that point. Yeah. Now, my question to you is, with the pyroclastic flow being, you know, as overbearing and yeah. as seemingly unstoppable as it is, would it, like, was just running into the water and, like, treading for a while and be like, maybe I'll live out here? Would that have been worth trying? I mean, I guess you could have, like, gone underwater and held your breath, but even then, like, the it's so hot that it right. would have boiled it. We're, interestingly enough, um, like some people choose- did survive Pompeii, and they were... Um, they were the prisoners that were held in the jails underground. Right, okay, So the pyroclastic sense. flow went over the streets, basically. Mm-hmm. The people who survived were underground in these jails mm-hmm. and they did actually have some situations where that happened uh, yeah god it would have been hot down there yeah but you but they made it yeah but wow and and these uh we were discussing it previously as well these accounts are largely or perhaps solely courtesy of pliny the younger pliny the younger pliny the younger A who provided the tales of pompeii yeah um his uncle as you you correct believe it, it was yeah. his uncle yeah um, died during the eruption, but Pliny was in a boat offshore and recorded most of it. So, in fact, we call that a Plinian eruption because of the fact that we have that record. What defines the Plinian eruption? Um, heavy pyroclastic flow. That, so, like a Dante's that, Peak situation would be a Pliny's I, eruption. I believe. Plinian. I, I believe so. Yeah. 
I have to wow. I have to look back on it because it's been a while. But yeah, I believe that's a planning interruption. Amazing. Yeah. So it's mostly leading with the the ash, and I think it's mostly leading with the pyroclastic flow, which is a mix of like superheated gases mixed with ash uh-huh. that moves almost like a landslide. Yeah. And um, it, yeah, it moves like a landslide at very high speeds, and the lava comes later. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I think. The lava bombs in it—that was not accurate either. Yeah, but you gotta have you have a volcano. You gotta movie, have lava bombs. You gotta have the lava bombs. And you know what? Like, I'll give them that. Like the tsunami <laughs> yeah. was when I was like, guys, really? But the lava bombs, whatever, fine. It like, was they're an, fun. It was a situation too of it, there were not dissimilar to stonados. Yeah, when right. there started being collateral, when there started being sort of damage from the the smaller elements of the eruption, just like the the starkness with which people were being hit by things and falling and dying yeah. was hilariously blunt. Like oh, at one yeah. point, like Kit and and Emily, Milo and Cassia, <laughs> when they're just like standing, there's like a kind of quiet and the moment, guy like, runs, what? and then there's suddenly somebody next to him who just gets fucking clobbered by a stone. I recorded that video <laughs> because like, with the note, <laughs> I recorded that on my phone, like just holding up to my to the TV with the note of like, this is excellence in, in extra acting because <laughs> yeah. his running is so frantic and then he just disappears and it's just such a great, like you know that he was in the audience watching that played back with his wife being like, this is it. <laughs> <laughs> I was so happy for him to get that featured extra moment. And it's, yeah. it's really, it's, it is, so hard for it to not be really funny when in something where there's like a, a stonados or this where people are just getting hit by rocks yeah. and they just collapse to the ground yeah. like there's just a woman standing there who just gets hit and crumbles to the ground you're like oh shit like sudden it, like, interruption of motion is just inherently <laughs> it's, funny oh my god it's like watching someone <laughs> get clotheslined it's yeah. yeah it's like it, it feels like when you're watching like a sports hit yeah. like mm-hmm. when you see that big a hit on the football hit. field and you're just like yeah. like hey on, in any sport it could you know yeah, collision yeah, yeah. it's really soccer, any tackle, football, sport just the, yeah, yeah. oh yeah, the, like the where you pull your arms to your chest and Love you just yeah. you feel the shocking pain. <laughs> um, and then there was the where the ships are being pulled. Like, tell me this when the because they're in the like the second big eruption from the volcano, it sends out that shock wave. Yeah, and that's what if in the event that there were a tsunami, is that what? pushes the because the water starts receding from the island that was like i don't know why the shock wave is making so, the water recede from the island which will then come back and be a tsunami in this movie but i would have seemed- I, I would assume that what it was was you know when like the the entire cliff face falls off uh-huh that splashing into the water that kind of thing will create a tsunami that and that seemed more because and then they but they so, but they so directly not- connected to that shock wave it was like no, I don't I think don't that know. blast of energy that didn't like force the water away from the shore. Well, so that's the thing is that like I don't I don't think I don't know. Right. And they really they they played fast and loose with that one. Okay, yeah. Is is what I'm going to go with. Um So that is what happened when there is a second eruption there's you see it looks really cool. The shockwave comes out and you're yeah. like, "Oh shit." And but then immediately the water starts pulling away from the shore and then that water builds up and it ooh, comes back as the tsunami and crashes down. Well, when that water is pulling away from the shore, the boats start pulling away from the harbor and people just start falling, making <laughs> fucking thudding, slapping yeah. noises yeah. into the wet mud. And they like instantly die when it's like, I don't know that that would have killed them. Like, and you're just seeing like these thwaps. It's like you dropped a wet mushroom yeah. on the kitchen floor. I love, one of my favorite sound effects in the world is a wet slap. <laughs> yeah. It's just the best. Yep, yep. I will, I will, I will break from this to share a fun Foley fact. Please share a fun By Foley fact, fully, a triple F. Fully, fun Foley fact. This is the coolest, one of the coolest things I've done recently. 
I interviewed a Foley artist for Midsomar. Amazing. And he said that, uh, spoiler, there is a scene where you see somebody's lungs separated from their body and yet still attached. So the mm. person is still breathing. Good Lord, being what is this apart. movie? Midsommar? Oh, oh This man. is not the most brutal thing that happens in Midsommar. No. And... The person is still, it happens really quickly, but it is true that the the person is still meant to be breathing. So those disembodied lungs are still working. So the Foley team had to, the Foleyers had to create a sound of disembodied lungs breathing. Sure. And <laughs> for that sucking noise, that air passing through sound, they used like a, they used a lamb skin chamois and got it soaking wet. Uh, this guy did and then he pushed it like like straightened it and flattened it to a concrete floor as much as he could like just flat down then grabbed it right from the middle and pulled it up slowly so it would make that like noise and that and you watched this movie oh people are like really into this people love this movie it's a good movie um it's okay yeah, so deeply that, horrifying. Okay, so that is, uh, Jason, that it's okay on a on a Jason grading scale means that it was fantastic. <laughs> so, so just like just, I feel like just as a like that as background for like the little things we don't see, let your imagination wander yeah. for what could have God. created these thwapping noises. I, yeah, I love like that's the coolest thing about being a foley artist. It oh. seems is like oh, someone just came up with something insane to throw on screen, and now we have to figure out what that sounds like and like yeah. make it sound that way. Yeah, like that that guy that could have been somebody Wild. like slapping their own face with like yeah. a wet hand or in the case of uh, in the movie Limitless somebody uh, spits Bradley Cooper spits a needle into somebody's eye sure in an action scene and it happens so fast and there's a lot of music you can't hear the sound actually but the Foley team had to create a sound cue for that Man. so in order to create that like needle into your eyeball sound uh-huh. the um, Amanda is wincing uh, the Foley artist uh, took a pineapple cut a hole out of the middle of it put his hand through, create a fist, and pulled the fist back out through that hole. Jordan, oh. I promise you that is not how that Foley artist actually discovered the sound a pineapple hole makes. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I'm not saying he discovered it at that moment. I'm just saying. He I, just had it in his you, mental he repertoire. He just was like, I know that sound. I've done that with a pineapple I've before. I've fisted a lot of pineapples. Yeah. And, he, I, and he pulled it back out to make a sucking and popping sound. Oh my God. So that is the sound. It is. The Foley artist fucked a that pineapple. That person is decided. here. That person, I mean, I doubt, I mean, I don't know how, uh, that Jordan, I don't know how girthy one's dick would have to be, well, it and how much it would have to expand once it entered the pineapple and then came well, back out again. I will again. say, I did recently have a, a Hawaiian-themed Halloween party True. Uh, where I di- we did carve pineapples, and I did, uh, uh, whatever that's called, emptying out the Cor- pit, coring the yeah, pineapple. pineapple. I did do that, and it did make a gruesome sound as I pulled that out, so I, I very well could have discovered that sound yeah. that way uh-huh. if I were him. And listen, you're a sure. Foley artist. You have to you have to get unconventional. Sometimes you, you gotta fuck up on pineapples. Um, Sometimes you gotta so fuck So however, pineapple. I will not disrespect the work of that Foley artist. No, you did a great job. I'm not, uh, I'm not. I will not downgrade. I will not, uh, <laughs> I'm not, I will I'm not, not make saying, vulgar the work of Foley in this no. house or any other. I'm going to say he roasted Jordan, some pineapples. Jordan, I mean, like, <laughs> which I'm, I did and it's delicious. I'm not, not. You're not suggesting it. I am in an abstract saying that when you describe coring a pineapple and then fisting it, as a filthy heathen, mm-hmm. that's where my mind goes. Right, and I'm because saying as I'm a, a sound monster. professional who has to do creative problem <laughs> yeah, solving. No, I, they, they are really they. No, I'm, I'm, I'm saying there's integrity to the work, and Amanda is absolutely being Amanda's a monster. Is yeah. what is happening? Are there fully artists in porn? Just wondering. There absolutely have to be. Should, there needs to be. There needs to be. There it can create a more immersive sound experience. Seems really important. I think really. that the soundscape of porn is vital, and they absolutely do. And I feel like a lot of it must involve silly putty. Um, probably, yeah. It's yeah. probably silly putty and like water. Gak. Yeah, I was gonna say gak. It's gak. gak. It's gak. It's gotta be gak. Yeah. 
gotta be gag. Gotta be gag. <laughs> There's a Man. huge Trade secondary market yeah. for gag. That's, now. That's, that's a shirt if I've ever heard one. <laughs> All right. All right. So, so, this is my fault. This is my fault. I, so, so, and I just want to apologize field. to, I will be drafting my notes app apology <laughs> to any and all Foley artists. Notes, notes I have tremendous respect for all of you. I am sorry. Amanda oh. is Amanda is clearly a celebrity because yeah. she's going notes, notes app. app. I apology. always go notes. I have to do a lot of apologies, Jordan, <laughs> on Twitter. I've had to do a few now and every time I've been like, yes. notes app, you're right. Notes Good call, notes you're app. Like, That's, you're right. The celebrities are right. It's the one downside of being an Android guy is I can't jokingly do a notes <laughs> app apology for anything and it's oh. a bit I've really been wanting to do and I can't. Yeah. I, I had a notes app and then when I did the notes app, the person I was notes apping about texted me and said, I can't believe you did a fucking notes app. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, You're well, like, that's a ugh. fair response. Well, so, yeah, uh, I had to. Sorry. Anyway, Pompeii. Okay, yeah, so Pompeii. I'll, I'll, bring, I'll bring us back to Pompeii. I, I keep wanting to say Pompeo and <laughs> No, that's a different dead yeah. distant disaster yeah. movie entirely. <laughs> Pompeo. Um, but yeah, so we we've uh let's let's take it back to the be- the beginning a bit. Um, it's important to note that Kit Harrington's character is a uh, a member of a. They call them horse people. You know, the horse tribe. The horse the tribe. It's a horse Ke- tribe. Celtic. Celtic. Sorry. Celtic horse tribe. And we meet baby baby Kit, uh, the baby version of his character, in 62 A.D. when Roman forces are obliterating his tribe. Yeah. And he, of course, is like the lone survivor, and he remembers who killed his family. And one of those people was Keith, Kiefer Sutherland. And so Kit grows up uh, and he's grown up like, a, you know, a, a slave. And and he's just been this urchin uh, taken, you know, who knows what's happened in this intervening, what, 17 years? I think it's 79 AD. It does yeah. win yeah. Pompeii. Let's, go with, let's go with 17 years. Um, and when he, I'm going to start with an unbelievable about, as, as we discussed previously, when we meet adult Kit and he's entering this uh, arena of battle and obviously he's an, he's he's trained himself to be an elite soldier he is his abs are impossible yeah like even by hollywood standards yeah. yeah i was like not that not that kit is not a handsome man you can't get into great shape mm-hmm. the abs like as I was, no, kit, the chris, quantity of abs that chris, kit harrington has on his tiny wee torso chris chris hemsworth does not have those abs no like, one has those so, abs and it like I, I thought maybe airbrushing. You thought maybe full CGI. So yeah, like I the number of notes I have about because we don't see the abs again. He wears a breastplate. Yeah. for the for the rest of the movie, so it's not like we keep seeing the abs. The number but in of this notes I have about his like, abs are really amazing. Hell? Would you like to know about his training regimen for this uh, movie? Uh, uh, oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, so he basically, he, he wanted to do like a full transformation. He wanted to do like a Christian Bale. Yes. And like, you know, of course, he's a method actor for Pompeii. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, cause uh, you never see his body in Game of Thrones. Yeah. Right. And he, and he had said like he had never really done it before and he was kind of like obsessed with wanting to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he, he, uh, went to the gym three times a day for six days a week. Uh, and then let's see, at some point it was like he dropped... Um, fuck, I'm trying to, like, I, I read about it and I, I'm, it was like, yeah, three times a day for six days a week. And I think he, like, dropped, like, something like 30 pounds of weight. Jesus. And then put back on right. 40 pounds of weight from, of pure muscle. God. Like. I mean, maybe those were his abs. No. No. They didn't they, look, they didn't look human. Not, no, those were, so the, here's, okay. One, I say that we know his abs are CGI because he, his first scene he fights in the rain and if they had been painted on, right. they would have melted off. Uh-huh. More importantly, though, he is introduced with his abs, with that, yes. with the, the Roman guy saying, I'm looking for something new, something fresh. And then just like <laughs> all you see as I drop my phone 
I mean, they're very attractive abs. <laughs> All you see, he enters abs first. Yes. The way that like yes. I enter a room tits first, he <laughs> enters that room abs a blazing. Yours are not CGI. No, they're real, but yep. his are. I like they had to be. They had to be three hundred. They're yeah. They're so. They're so emphasized they're upon so entry. It's like oh, cut. this is this is made. This was turned into a focal point of the film. Yeah, I mean, like which further suggested to me like a uh, post production. Yeah, I mean, like they might have been. I don't. I'm not saying that like Kit Harrington not didn't have abs. This no. isn't like a Britney <clears throat> on the VMAs situation. Yeah. This is. They enhanced the abs yeah. he already had to yeah. the point of Uncanny Valley. To, yeah, they were they like the Uncanny Valley was on his torso. They looked they looked plasticized. Yeah, so that so we that was that was an unbelievable thing. But they they don't uh, they don't force us to suspend our disbelief in that for the rest of the movie. We see him like I said in a breastplate for the rest yeah. of the time. So then he grows up and then he's in they they uh, he's like in an outer province, which we learn is like it's Britannium. So he's in I guess what would be present day UK and sure. on the map. Because like it, I'm so glad they showed us a map. We have to have the map journey of like we're going from Britannia and we're going down to Pompeii, like the paper hand drawn map. And yeah. it said it had London. The name of was the AD seventy nine AD name of London, L- Londominium. Sure, is that like I, that I am not? Look, I'm not a Roman map? scholar, but I will go with it because it's Lond- one of those things that's Londinium. Okay, and that feels like a thing they would have done just because it's too hard to like. If they had faked it, they would have been called out too easily. Right, yeah. But like, like, more importantly, to go into a, like going off of that point, for me, I'm going to introduce them. It was there, yeah. It was, okay. Got it. All right, London. Yeah, we see them going from London all the way to to Pompeii. Yeah. And I'm going to bring up a new segment as an augmentation to (laughs) Did We (laughs) Believe This, which is Did We Need This? Right, okay. What did did we we maybe not need? Did we need the origin story of inexplicably named Milo by the yes. way, the least mm-hmm. tough gladiator name in the history of gladiators. And I couldn't speak to like Celtic. I Googled it. It's German. Oh, why? Why? Then why? Why? But why I, Milo? I will say we, I will say we needed backstory though because we needed to know he was of the horse tribe, right? Because he does. He's very uh, closely connected with horses throughout he, the film. Well, yes, but like, did we need to see? <laughs> I mean, if you're talking about the expense budget, I guess maybe because you had to set up the vengeance with like the this time it's personal. Yeah. But like, I don't know that I needed to see how he got it. It would be like, it's just a lot of detail of how Kit Harrington gets. I guess they had to explain his British accent, but everyone else had British accents. The thing we need about it, though, is that if we didn't have that, this movie would have literally nothing. That's true. This movie would be 74 (laughs) minutes. Literally nothing. Because maybe they could have given Emily Browning a character. The funniest part of Pompeii is that nothing matters. No. Like, no matter whose vengeance is gotten or not, no matter who loves who, everyone fucking dies. Yeah. <laughs> like, not just like we know how it ends with Pompeii, but like even it seems like all the ships practically they're out to sea, they get pulled back in from yeah. the tsunami and are destroyed on the island. Or that one guy gets his his lava bombed. Yeah. People survived. Right. Like, just no one we met. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, like just no one. They could have saved Cassia and Milo because people did survive. It wasn't like literally no survivors. So it's like, oh, they could have been on the ship yeah. that had like... And, I think they should have been on a ship at the end with like a young man being like, my name is Pliny, sir. And like, they're like, <laughs> oh, oh my God, God. it's Pliny the Younger. <laughs> like that would have been a great historical <laughs> Easter egg. But instead, the movie ends with with Cassia and Milo standing on a he- hill as the pyroclastic flow absorbs them. I was like, okay. Like, which 
I don't know that I would die for a guy who I haven't seen his penis yet, to be really honest. Yes. Like, I yeah, get it. I, I wouldn't either. Yeah, right? Like, that's, I, that's good sense. That's common as, sense. As I was watching it, I was like, cool. She And she slaps. So they're they're on the, this is well at the end, but they have now somehow found a horse. All the evil has been defeated. The one thing they're trying <laughs> yeah. to outrun now is the pyroclastic flow. Yeah. The horse, though, can't go fast enough with both of them on it. Milo Harrington. It's a real jumps. Titanic situation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it is. It is. It, it is when you're trying door. to tell me that Emily Browning weighs more than 75 pounds. I mean, seriously, Absolutely that, that horse didn't yeah. even know she was on it. Yeah. yeah. Maybe if Milo hadn't gained 40 pounds of weight of muscle, <laughs> maybe that horse could have gone faster. Vanity muscle. Yeah. But uh, like, she's she, he jumps off. He's like, "You go without me. You, you'll get you'll get out of here faster." And she. <laughs> jumps off, slaps the horse on the butt so it runs off, and is like, no, I'm not living without you. And I'm just like, I just, like, I get it. I get great loves. I understand. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, very romantically, my my grandfather died on what he thought was my grandmother's birthday, like, oh, nine oh no. months after she had died. So, like, beautiful and romantic. I get it. I get wanting to be with the one that you love, but I don't get it wanting to be with the one you love if the one you love is... A gladiator you haven't even kissed yet. <laughs> and whose last name? You don't even know? Well, I mean, I don't know. Maybe they don't have last I mean, names. He may not have a last name. You know, his name is Milo Horse Guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Milo the Horse Guy. Milo Horseman. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love that Netflix show. Have you guys seen this <laughs> yeah, new season so yet? Yeah. yeah. My, Milo Horseman. Yeah, yeah. I love it. It's What a great run. Oh, my God. So, yeah, I, I didn't. Uh, yeah. the And they're, I mean, I guess when your alternative is the is the rapey Roman senator, Maybe it seems great. And like, how old do we think he is? How old do we, I mean, she, how old do we think Cassian? Uh, somewhere between 16 to 35. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's, she's in the fuckable Hollywood range. So right. she could be anywhere. And I, 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 I love and I love and loathe this so much for Emily Browning, who um, is, is currently probably best known for playing uh, Laura Moon on uh, American Gods, mm. which is very much more in line with the sort of, career it seems like emily wants for herself like strange yeah. genre um kind of experimental she's she's an, an, a sort of offbeat figure for a while her her instagram handle i think is her name if she's even still on it but for a while she changed her instagram handle to smiling for money oh my god at smiling for money. That so is like, a deep characterization of right, who this character is. Right. Like yeah. she, this is sort of who this figure is and sort of presents herself as yeah. a human being. So is she, this is like the f- 1.0 iteration of her career where just Pompeii is absolutely fucking nothing to do, I think, with the personal interests no. of Emily Browning. And so to see her just slotted into the most perfunctory uh, girlfriend instantly in yeah. love, yeah. nonsensically role was just like, oh man, Emily you're going to come so much farther than this. Like I, I felt so happy knowing where she would sort of go from there to sort of realize her artistic intentions. To be fair, it is the old times. Yeah. <laughs> Women weren't able to have opinions, thoughts, yeah. aspirations, it's true. Uh, feelings. It's just so wild to me because there is so much room in this movie to create like yeah. a whole character yeah. for her. And if you think about like, Titanic. Man, this movie's got a lot of fluff. <laughs> they could have cut out a lot of stuff oh, in order got, to have characterization. Of, they, they have time. You know, you're spending <laughs> yeah. this much money. Make it a two-hour film. Yeah, throw you in put 15, 15 minutes. more minutes. Yeah. All I'm saying is, like, 15 minutes where after the horse runs free, she's like, no, he's the only groom I want. And then, like, he's the groom, but also he has, and then he gets conscripted back to fight again. And in the time when he's the groom, then we get to see them fall in love. Bam, you're done. 
fine fixed it like i'm just saying fixed it (laughs) like the reason titanic which this truly this movie wanted to be the titanic of volcanoes yes it wanted to be the titanic gladiator of volcanoes yeah and the reason titanic works so well is because we understand rose just as well as we understand jack yes we know what she wants why she wants it Mm -hmm. what she's confined by what jack represents milo like is he, she's a horse girl and she just likes that he he's likes, a, she's, she's a horse girl. A, she's a horse girl. It's true. And she's like, oh, he's touched horses. Yeah. Like she was deeply aroused by watching him snap a horse's neck. And from that moment on. And this is why I will, this is why I will continue to argue that it, it was important that we have the horse tribe origin story because it's his whole character, really. Right. And he, he meets Cassia because he's being marched into the, into Pompeii on, on the island and uh, a horse hurt, a horse gets injured on the, on the route and it collapses the ground. And weirdly, this was stupid. This was a dumb thing yeah. where he like, he approaches the horse and he's going to, he's going to kill it. He's going to put out its misery everybody's like, he's a savage. Like he kills the horse. He snaps his neck. Everyone's like, he's a savage. Like, wh- why did he do that? It's like, what the hell else do you do with Are an injured horse? Drag the horse like, behind he, the cart. At, at this point, man has been interacting with horses for a very long time. <laughs> and everyone was super fucking surprised that this horse hurts itself. And someone's like, well, we need to put it down, which I, I think is still in our present day. What happens yes. when horses are tragically injured? Like, there's no coming back from it. Yeah. And so the fact that everyone's like, oh, ma'am, he's a, you know, Cassie, he's a savage. It's like, for what? For what reason? And what if, where are you all keeping your poor injured horses that you're not putting down, you assholes? Yeah, that, I mean, like, any of them would have looked at me like, well, now we have horse dinner. (laughs) Yeah. And that's the answer when you see the horse fall. And then there's, like, their whole relationship revolves around moments with horses. Yeah. Because another significant moment they have is that th- the ground start shaking? There's an earthquake because this volcano is about to erupt, and the horses start whinnying in a in a in like a barn. And Cassia, who is also has a kinship with the horses, we see she wants to go out and like calm them down, and she's like, "Let him go, like let the slave boy come with me because he's the horse whisperer, and he's gonna he goes in and calms the horse down by himself, and then Cassia wants to go in after him to like see what's going on inside, and the woman's like, "He can't, you know, don't go in. He's a savage. It's like, what do you think he's fucking eating him?" Like, what do you think he's doing in there with the horse? In that case, they were worried that she was going to get raped in front of the horses. (laughs) (laughs) You don't want the horses seen. Yeah, you don't want the horses. With with the soldiers right outside. (laughs) I mean, like, there wasn't a huge risk there. And then she... But, of course, they weren't wrong to warn them about it because... The minute she walks through those doors <laughs> and she sees him astride a horse, yes. which in fairness, Kit Harrington astride the horse yes. is a very striking image. It's very, it's and very she, erotic. And she immediately is just like, I'm going to get on that horse. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Because for lack of being able to be the horse, she must mount the horse. Yeah, and exactly, so, exactly. So she immediately gets on the horse and the two of them run off together. And I'm like, oh, that's why the soldiers didn't want her getting on the horse. It's a means of escape <laughs> and then, with the hot guy. And then he get they, they get away. Yeah. And they're like, they're riding freely. And then they have this. This was also a ridiculous bit of. See, anything they tried to add was just terrible failure. They like. They get on the horse, they're riding away, and, you know, she's telling him, I'm like, he's being pursued by the soldiers, because he's taken what is basically, like, the princess of this this area, of this, I don't know, protectorate of Rome, and they're riding away, and she's basically like, you have to go without me, she's like, you have a chance at freedom, and it's like, on an island? (laughs) What freedom? What's he gonna do? Ride the horse across the fucking sea to Italy? And then he... He's really good with horses. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's a water horse? And then then he says to her, at what cost to you? None. 
She's like the fucking princess. If you leave and she let you go, what are they going to do? Kill her? No, probably not. You're just a gladiator slave. Like, no, like at what cost to her? I mean, to be fair, Pompeii's not on an island. They, it's on land. It's on, is it? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Is it a peninsula? Is it? It's near a peninsula, but it's not. On it's the just peninsula. on the shore? It's on the shore. Oh, it's Yeah, it's, it's water that. adjacent. But Ge- honestly, never, never knew. Yeah, no, Same. it's on the land. So I was like, I don't, you're saying island. I was like, I, that doesn't sound, so I just had okay, to Google thank it. God that, okay, thank God they, I accept being wrong. Yeah. I'm so glad they were right instead. Yeah, no, but like, uh, that he could ride the horse somewhere. Yeah. But like, also she's, she's like, at what cost to you? I mean, like, uh, she'll come back and she'll be like, oh no, he tried to abduct me and he's gone now. Yeah, I I, like, I jumped off and got away. Like the the worst case scenario, because at this point, Kiefer Sutherland's character yes. has proposed marriage to yes. her. Pro- proposed. Like it literally proposed he's, it as a concept. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like he he calls he, so her dad, um, Jared Jared Harris is trying <laughs> to get Jared Harris. Yeah. Who you made a great you made a great point yeah. about Jared Harris. Jared Harris. So like the casting some of the casting was so great and some of the casting was so why. Yeah. And Jared Harris is a genius bit of casting. It, it, it is. Because like I fully believe the minute I saw Jared Harris I was like yes that volcano is going to erupt because Jared Harris is the mayor of this city. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's yeah. He presides or is close to catastrophic failures. Yeah, like if you see Jared Harris on your airplane mm-hmm. get off of your airplane. <laughs> <laughs> that is your idle hands indication yeah. that is, is he is Jared Harris is final destination is the Grim Reaper <laughs> Jared Harris is the Grim Reaper I mean yeah so Jared Harris lovely but incompetent yes. in all in all film and, and television Jared yeah. Harris um, is the mayor of the city and he's trying to get the um, Roman emperor to invest in the city. Mm-hmm. There's this entire subplot oh, that's right. basically the whole bureaucracy the, subplot. Yeah, there's a subplot that is basically infrastructure week <laughs> Isn't that just a Jordan started drinking water? <laughs> that was so a friend of mine used to have as her phone ringtone, or at least her text, uh, Rachel Maddow going, uh, waka chicka, waka chicka, infrastructure. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> now I have to know the context in which Rachel Maddow said that. Waka chicka, waka chicka, infrastructure. Yes. <laughs> That is, it was infrastructure yeah. week. It was infrastructure, it was infrastructure week. In, Every in week Pompeii. is infrastructure week in Pompeii. And so yeah. Jared Harris is trying to get the crown, the or the 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 royal emperor. emperor. Yeah, yeah, Thank yeah. you. Whoever to, the emperor is at that point. Uh, they they have a little line about it. I'm yeah, like, I'm not I, paying I attention. That. It wasn't Caesar. It's, it's yeah. It's 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 Empress the Emperor. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and Kiefer Sutherland is a senator. And Jared Harris is trying to convince him to convince the crown that he is going to to invest in their mm-hmm. infrastructure to make this like a Pompeii a new city. Now, what's interesting about that from a nerd standpoint is that that's not wholly wrong in the sense that about 15, 16 years prior, there had been a very large earthquake that had devastated the city. Right. OK, OK. And they do reference like the, the yeah. somebody goes to Jared Harris and they're like, you need to get people out of this coliseum because the ground shaking. He's like, this building has stood for 100 years. It survived the big earthquake. Exactly. So that's what they're referring so to. So the thing is, is that after that big earthquake, most of the rich people left what was a resort town. Interesting. So, and I think they even do reference it as like, a, like most of the people are, yeah, like as a resort town. It like, is. A, it was a resort town, uh, and just Kiefer like, Sutherland's character is something to Cassia about. Um, you desert. You should be in a bigger than yeah. you know than this resort town or something. It was. Like that. It yeah. was the. It was the the Doral of um, interesting. Yeah, and so, but except the difference is, is that much like with global warming now, where people are going to leave their coastal cities and go elsewhere. Mm-hmm. All the rich people left, and many of the people who died in Pompeii were actually very poor. 
And they were the ones who could not leave. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, So the fact that he was trying to get reinvestment into the city was actually like, uh, it's kind of an interesting thing. He's trying to make it like a global city. He's trying to like bring it back from where it had been after all the money had left. So I was like, that's actually kind of interesting and clever. Mm -hmm. I'm in on that. And knowing that now, there there are little dialogue cues Mm -hmm. that like reference the supporting points of that. That's very interesting. So the the thing that kills me about this is that there are moments where I'm like, this is almost thoughtful. And then it's like, oh no, right? why? Yeah, yeah. Like you could, but you didn't. Yeah. But you could have, but you didn't. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Jared Harris is trying and and Kiefer Sutherland's like, I think that the crown that that the emperor will invest uh-huh. in exchange for your daughter. Because <laughs> yeah. Kiefer Sutherland wants to marry Emily Browning, who he had seen and had a bad when she had she returns to Pompeii at the beginning of this movie, having spent time in Rome, and we hear that Hating something it. bad happened in Rome or she did not like Rome. Yeah. But she won't go into what it is. Mm-hmm. And then Kiefer Sutherland shows up, and then we realize the bad thing that happened in Rome was Kiefer Sutherland. Yes. And it is it is strongly implied that he had assaulted her, but then yeah. it is clarified explicitly later on when uh, Ariadne, uh, Cassia's like lady in waiting. Oh, yeah. Uh, is having, she's like, Well, he never touched you. And she's like, He would have if I hadn't left. Yeah. So it was a probably going to be assaulted situation. So she, he, he was, was making, he was, yeah. he was, he was being too close and doing the thing that people do where they just like touch you too much. And you're like, no, yes. don't. And he really, he, he gives us a great line to mm-hmm. Cassia that really sums up the patriarchy where he says, your mere presence gives me cause my lady. And it's like, ain't that just the way of it? <sighs> Doesn't you know, she it hadn't though. been wearing such a slutty toga. Yep. Yep. And dad being a well-meaning piece of shit, yeah. Jared Harris, he leaves uh, Cassia on the veranda with this monster and the mom, Carrie Ann Moss in a is thankless role, is like, like, well, then she needs a chaperone. He's like, she survived a year in Rome. She can survive 10 minutes on our balcony. It's like, yeah, with a probable rapist. Yeah. Jesus. Like, it doesn't take she, that long, dad. She can survive a, a 10 minutes on the balcony. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. She survived a year in Rome, not without scars. Yeah, Jared Jesus. Harris. She came home early for a reason. Yeah. Cried when she talk got back. about it. Yeah, she won't tell you what happened. Oh, so yeah. God. So that all felt actually. I'm a lot angrier at Jared Harris now than <laughs> I was prior. <laughs> <laughs> than I was prior. Yeah. But so anyway, so so Jared Harris leverages his daughter in exchange yes. for um, municipal funds, which who among us hasn't? <laughs> um, there was that episode of Parks and Rec that was explicitly about this. <laughs> and anyway, so but so as they're running across. When she's riding the horse across the fields, she's being chased by Kiefer Sutherland, yeah. who is like, "Ah, my property is about to be pillaged." Yeah, yeah. And so, like the only the the worst case scenario that I can see coming out of if she had been turned around and like stayed with him mm-hmm. or and and let him run off okay. is that Kiefer Sutherland had been like, "She's been ruined, but I'll take her off your hands." Right, which right. is how he would have played it, and it worked out that way anyway. Anyway, anyway. because. He gets, so they both get captured. They come back. Yeah. Kiefer Sutherland's like, oh, I'll show mercy to him and won't kill him if you'll marry me. Yeah. And then instead he just flogs Milo. Yeah, 15 lashes for Milo. Who stoically does not cry. Yes. And this all leads to uh, the great gladiatorial uh, showdown. Which was a great set piece. Yeah, if, like the action was was shot horribly in this movie. It was edited so weird. But it was a good set piece. Yeah. And uh, instead of there being a one-on-one, one-on-one battles in the arena that day, like there was supposed to be, 
uh, between Atawale and Milo because Atawale is like the champion gladiator of Pompeii. His character's name is Atticus. And he's got one last fight to fight. And if he wins, he wins his freedom. And this as a point of unreality, he for some reason believed that the Romans would, that the, the Italians would adhere to Roman law and let this <laughs> slave gladiator go and get his freedom after winning a fight. Of course, they have no intention of doing that and they stage a huge sort of mock battle to reenact the squashing of the rebellion of the Celtic horse tribes. Yes. Which is how we started the movie. And Kit Harrington's like, this isn't a battle, it's a slaughter. And Atticus is like, how do you know? And Kit's like, because I was there. <laughs> and then you have Roman soldiers come in and attack these gladiators who are chained to a giant pillar in the middle of the arena. And of course, through a series of heroics, like six men, particularly two men, Atticus and Milo, defeat all of these Roman soldiers with uh, all of these Pompeii folks and these Romans watching on. And that is where uh, we, Kiefer finally sort of gets the hand of Cassia. Um, I, he's, what is, I forget what the bargain is that he strikes them for. I just watched this. So, okay, so he, the bargain he strikes with Cassia is back when he, she captures the guy. Right. But then it's it's a finally like they're, when they're in the arena, he's like, oh, no, I have your daughter's hand hand in marriage. And Carrie Ann Moss is like, what? And Jared Harris is like, I didn't promise you that. And then he's just like, she objects. And then he just hauls her off to the basement. Yes. That's what happens is that at that point she's agreed. And then the next morning is well, the he, fight. And then the, and then they and then he's like, she's objecting or she's being difficult. Well, she and then, she's gets obstreperous because mm. Kit, Great word. Kit and <laughs> Kit and Edwale have killed all of the Romans. Yeah, and so he's got his like his Commodus hand out, like we know from the movie Glider, where he's going to give the thumbs up or thumbs down, and they're going to die. And then we get the most dramatic insertion into a frame of a thumbs up that has ever happened. And Cassia throws her thumbs up into the frame, oh, beating Kiefer Sutherland to the punch, which means that he's going to live. Thumbs yeah. up means he's going to live. And then they get in a fight because he's like, "Get out of here!" And she's like, "What are you going to kill him now with all these people rooting?" for him you're gonna start a mutiny on your hands and then you're gonna have this wife who like will stand up to you and won't do what you say yeah like you're gonna do that you're gonna overrule my decision you make yourself look like a pussy basically <laughs> and then he's like then he's like throw her in the dungeon yeah well then he sends his top soldier down who was also part of slaughtering milo's family when he was young uh Kiefer sutherland sends his top soldier down to the arena to finish off or to to kill in battle uh milo well then vesuvius erupts yeah and then we have 38 minutes of volcanic eruption. Well, much like with Titanic, where the last part of the movie was mm -hmm. the ship sinking, except the difference is, is that in this case, the volcano erupts and we still don't really care about either of the characters. <laughs> no. no, we do not. Uh, but yeah, it was... I, uh, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I like there was so much... The entirety of the gladiatorial scene relied entirely on going back to infrastructure week, how badly the infrastructure was failing. <laughs> yeah, like it's true. Remember he hops at one point, like I think Kit Harrington punches the post and weakens it. Like yeah. he punches through oh, stone. Yeah. Yeah. The, what Which, was the inside of that post? I when when we started they, seeing it, it was, it was like, when they were all the anchored arena? to. Yeah, they yeah. Were it was it was it. like a it was like a concrete or stone or something facade on just like a wooden Post that was just Insane. like a collection of sticks. Yeah, what the fuck was that? It was it was and there so Harrington could punch through it. Yeah, and it, well, which was like preceded a by artist with a pineapple, Atticusly, <laughs> Atticus gloriously hacking away at it with his giant axe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, that was great. Yeah. And then, uh, they knock down that pillar cause that's what they're chained to. 
and then that's how they they get free into the arena mm-hmm. again. Uh, but yeah, it was just on the whole. And then the and then the the arena there's the crack in the ceiling, and the soldier looks up and is like, "That doesn't look good." Yeah. And then the whole thing caves in. Is that that Gracus? Gracus is the one who warns. Gracus is the fat sweaty man who warns uh, Jared Harris. He's like, "You got to get these people out of here. Yeah. The earth is shaking." And I thought it was very like this was not believable, but it was funny when Gracus uh, he realizes like, "Oh, this place is about to go up." He looks at his like soldier men he's like you know get you know we got to get ready and he goes i gotta get out of town for a few days it was like is this a noir yeah you gotta get out of town <laughs> yeah off pompeii do like, we have any proof that the romans didn't speak <laughs> yeah. like bogart i mean if we it, the a way that this movie works is if it takes the sexy dickinson tv show approach yeah. and just goes full anachronistic history <laughs> yeah. which watch sexy dickinson um <laughs> And like, give me that weird uh, non-historical account yeah. of Pompeii. If you're going to give me lines like that, just go all the way. Have them listening to fucking Wiz Khalifa. <laughs> like, ha- Wiz give me Khalifa. a nice tale. Wiz Khalifa is the is actually Vesuvius. <laughs> yes. I mean, give me a nice tale. If you're yeah. gonna have them listening to anything, have them listen to Bastille. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Could have warned him. I know. Could have warned him. But I, yeah, I, I feel like those are. I feel like that covers the the bulk of the believable. Yeah, unbelievable. I mean, well, we haven't really talked particularly, not just about the one thing I will say. Like going, we we touched upon Kit Harrington's abs. Oh right. But what we didn't touch upon was the sheer absurdity of casting Kit Harrington in this film and how good his agents really were he, to get him cast in this he in 2014. Is. Jon Snow. Like, I mean, he's Jon Snow or he's, or he is the dumb tennis player from Seven Days of <laughs> Like, there's, it's one or the God, other and it's work. really evident by the fact that I realized toward the end of the movie when they're about to die and I'm like, Kit Harrington has had like 20 lines of dialogue in this film. Yes. He, he does a lot of staring just like wistfully. Staring wistfully, silently, begrudgingly, yeah. um, scornfully, punching. All knows the, all, all looks that you know from Game of Thrones. Yeah. Like he is, he, he just, they were like, oh, we need a like there's and there he, are at he least basically three other from, guys that I would have put from Game of Thrones in this movie before I would get to Kit Harrington on this list. And I, this isn't a knock on Kit Harrington, except that he is like he is the height of Hello Kitty. He is three apples <laughs> tall. At one point, Atticus, when he and Atticus reunite after yeah. Pompeii, and Atticus bodily lifts him up. Yes. They do the bachelor leg hug. I, I am insulted on behalf of Adwale for yeah. all the lesser opponents that have beat him in movies as a demonstration of their toughness. Yeah. yeah. No joke. Because it's it's absolutely like, I mean, it, in action films too, but it's absolutely like a, a convention in horror films where, and they talk about it in the, the documentary Horror Noir as well, where like a demonstration of, of how evil or badass a villain yeah. is is that they like one of the performances of the like like trope black characters like the stock black characters mm-hmm. especially from films from like the 80s was one of the purposes they served was to be the foil for the villain so that if the the bad guy killed the black the, the big strong black guy that was the demonstration of like oh that's a real bad motherfucker like yeah. that you know, and wow okay. so yeah that that's a very common like they were either like the sassy black friend or it was the like you're a sacrifice to demonstrate just how mm-hmm. tough this other person is the role keith david played many times yes okay. and, and we see that i think we see that in gladiator as well like it is absolutely a trope that they have the black slave be like the demonstration of like well if you can kill him yeah little white man or inferior stature white man well then you're really a big tough you're you're, you're really a heavy and so of course that's the role that Adewale has to play in this movie and the fact that he has to play that role means that they are positing that kit harrington would in any universe posit 
a competition to him. I mean, <laughs> he could liquefy his bones. All he has to do mm-hmm. is just put his hand on Kit Harrington's forehead, hold his arm yeah. at arm length, and then just let Kit Harrington swipe. <laughs> because he doesn't have the wingspan. If he no. took one boot from Adewale to the chest, it would explode his it, heart. It would be like if I fought him. <laughs> yeah. I am five foot one. I, it doesn't matter how well I train, how yeah. tough I get. If I get Ronda Rousey fit, it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't matter. matter. No, I still like, again, when they reunite and he just bodily picks him up and yeah. swings him around and it was like watching the love scene of a love interest reunite with <laughs> yeah. I was like the love story not, of the movie was absolutely Milo and Atticus I mean I would it argue so that much but more yes. developed. it was it was more developed there was a I cared more about that friendship than I ever cared about their the romance for sure the, I'm with the you sexual on that. tension of them basically like topping each other I mean in the prison cell together when they're talking about like they've had their first fight together and they both ended up alive because of interference by another fighter. And then they're like take, telling each other about their weaknesses that they need it's to true. improve on. I was like, wow, yeah. this is this is just dicks out, guys. I wanted the buddy. I wasn't seeing romance there and I'll see Slash in a lot of things, but I wasn't there. In that case, I really wanted the like Kit Harrington in a sidecar, Adewale riding the motorcycle <laughs> yeah, that, down the road. That is what it would be. I wanted that little like buddy comedy, road comedy. Yeah. I wanted like, Bing, Bing uh, Cosby, Bing, Bing Crosby. <laughs> oh, oh, and uh, and and uh, Bob Kay. Hope. I oh. was, I want like a Hope Crosby. Okay, like, okay. I was, th- I was ro- thinking Danny Kay and uh, Bing. Danny Kay and Bing would also work, but I was thinking like a Crosby, Crosby, um, Bing sort yeah. of like road to Naples. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Naples holiday. Yeah, I just that's I wanted that film um, from was, the two of them more than I wanted to watch them make out, and that was solely because there's just such a like. I wanted Rose Leslie to charge into the screen oh and just give a you know nothing, John Snow. God, how insufferable must he have? Like she really stuck it out with him that she and went married through, him. She went through working out three days a week, six days a week, talking constantly about three what times, he was three eating. Three times a day, six days a week. That's yeah. what I yeah. mean. Yeah. And then you know whenever someone's on a diet, all they do is talk about their diet. So he must have <laughs> yeah. been insufferable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And she stuck it out. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, Rose Leslie seems awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, really? So yeah, does that bring us to the, the, what does this, no, this brings us to, what is this movie Yeah, what really is this movie really yeah. about? Jordan, what do you think? I am, I, might, I am, I'm at a loss at yeah. the moment. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely about so, the hazards of infrastructure. Week. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. That's what it is. This is a move. This is a movie about the uh, the attention that must be paid <laughs> and how we must not slack on the importance of civic infrastructure. <laughs> we cannot let our critical structures go to pot. We can't just let bridges get cracks in them. We can't just let roads. <laughs> turn into cratered messes we must protect the infrastructure of the state this is this is this is jobs <laughs> this is jobs this is boosting the economy if rome had just invested in this city i mean it would have been a bit of a waste because of the whole pompeii vesuvius thing but if if a if a central governing power would just invest in its smaller and satellite areas and maintain them and keep them healthy and help them generate their own wealth, thereby contributing to the greater wealth of the, like, you know, the whole empire economy, then everybody wins. Everybody <laughs> wins. Do not be, I mean, if you're going to be a dick ba- dictator, don't be an asshole. Be a benevolent dictator. Let the people know you care about True. them. True. I you're listening it- to Left, Right, and Center on <laughs> NPR. <laughs> 
I, th- I mean, I've, I I've, know. I'm, I'm with you. That was a great. That is a, an yeah. aria of a rant. It really, honestly, it really seems like like since you said Aria that, Stark it's, of a rant. Ooh, <laughs> Arya Stark would have been a great related. addition to this. Oh, she, Arya, we can always use an Arya Stark. Arya Stark running off with your girl. Yeah, <laughs> Arya Stark swooping in, saving Ariadne. Sorry, saving Ariadne, and then. Looking at Cassia and Cassie being like, I'm going with her too. Yeah. And then there's just Milo with his yeah. horse. Okay. Milo and his horse. Yeah. Oh, and mind you, everybody gets revenge. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. They, they, like, yeah. Kiefer Sutherland dies. Yeah, he dies like uh, the, handcuffed to something. The Roman soldier dies. Because again, everybody dies. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. Everybody some dies. people die through justice and some th- people die yeah. through nature. Yeah. And then the people who got justice, nature killed them. Yeah. And then, like, there's the slow pan back at the end where we see, like, the frozen corpses preserved in ash of Cassia and Milo kissing. And it's like, well, moral of the story is they're still dead. With so much (laughs) tongue, by the way. During that, so so much tongue. I was like, I'm not a kisser of people, so this doesn't seem normal. I mean, here's the thing. It's not abnormal. I was like, I I need to ask an expert on this one. And as as the expert on this (laughs) self-designated tongue kissing expert on this podcast Man, i just realized you t- you d- you guys are like two completely opposite sides of a coin in oh this, yeah, in yeah. This regard. we yeah. really are no big old whore very much not <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah different sides of the coin on that for us um but it, what was surprising to me was more so i was like those are actors doing like that's a lot of tongue for actors that who w- don't normally use Boy, tongue howdy. during yeah. that was like it was a close-up it was long and mm. i was like oh mm. emily browning that's a lot of tongue and i was like oh kit harrington <laughs> that's also a lot of yeah. a great deal one of or both of them was really wanting to take advantage of the opportunity they, they to kiss the other one used a lot like, like, like i wondered what kit's plan was like because emily like there was a lot of tongue from her at first and i was like did he like take that as this is like oh okay this is what like, we're doing oh, okay. <laughs> or was it like yeah or was that like the third take and she did that because he started I was like whose idea was this yeah, we true. need it's an so oral history tell. of yeah. the tongue kissing oh my god oral history <laughs> hey oh okay so wait no so what do you think the movie was about then well I mean like because yeah, infrastructure we just, could be both be I mean both I hadn't thought of that before no I mean you were uh, but genius. until we started doing this and I was like oh it's about the infrastructure <laughs> um this is less of what is this movie really about? And this is more like, what is the subtext of mm. her arc? And for me, it is uh, of that Cassia? of Cassia. Okay. And for me, truly, this movie is about for Cassia that uh, she is a horse. <laughs> <laughs> Not a horse girl. Cassia is a horse. Just a horse. Cassia is a horse. Mm-hmm. Um, from the beginning where it, then it has to die to escape its bondage, which is really her arc. Oh, yeah. That she, too, has to die in order to escape her bondage. Yeah, you're right. Um, that the only oh. person who can tame her is Kit Harrington. Oh, yeah, yeah. That um, She is definitely more excited to see the, her old horse when she gets back home than she is anybody her in her parents. family. Yeah. yeah. Holy shit. She sees the... And then, like, she's aroused by, like I said earlier, like, yeah. seeing him astride the horse because, like, she can't be the horse, so she's <laughs> yeah. going to get on the horse. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, the so whole Kit thing Harrington is... Kit is just a substitute for a horse. That's why he mm. has to be... That's why he has to be the horse tribe, not oh. because... Not because now it's so important to the, the plot. necessity of the origin story yeah. again. He has to be in the horse tribe because of the fact that he has to be able to tame a horse because that horse is Emily, <laughs> Emily Browning. Browning. Yeah. yeah. Is yeah. Cassia. So oh. um, in this entire movie, that's uh, that's really what this movie is about is that Cassia is a horse. That adds a lot to this movie. It actually. does. Yeah, that really <laughs> that, lends to my that enjoyment. it needs. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. It needed it, that extra layer. Yeah. It's about the importance of investing in your infrastructure and, and uh, the, and lead being is, good to the lead girl's a horse. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> it is. <laughs> 
I bet if you watch the director's cut of this movie, there's probably a scene <laughs> explaining it. Yeah. I bet I would like to I would like to believe that Emily Browning would be like, yeah, might as well. I, yeah. Was, a, yeah. I was a horse. I, just, <laughs> I, I wish I would have been the horse. Yeah. Well, there's got to be one scene with Jared Harris being like, and you know, since you were a horse and we adopted you yeah. as a human girl. <laughs> just a very throwaway line. Well, the whole thing yeah. is about how she can't be tamed. And yeah. so it's like, she's and she, a yeah, she, and she says, you'll never break me. Yeah. Oh, she explicitly boy. says that. Yeah, I had that that she says that and that's when my head snapped up and I was like, oh, she's a horse. (laughs) (laughs) I get it now. About a Shetland pony sized. She's she's a wee little horse, but she's so is but in fairness, so is Kid Harrington. (laughs) Yeah. So much like how you only have the Shetland ponies at the at like for kids to ride. Yeah. You have Emily Browning for Kid Harrington to ride. So does that take us into dream casting? Oh, I think that that takes us astride a noble beast into dream casting. (laughs) Are you who's starting? Um I'll go. Okay. All right. So uh, I needed a floppy haired brunette who looks slight and that we have to question whether or not he's actually physically capable of besting anybody. So I went uh, Noah Centineo. Did you also? I did as well. Oh my God. Noah Centineo is now. Is that how you say his name? Noah Centineo is now Milo. That's that's, That's the record on that one. That is canon. That felt just perfect it's so perfect yep like yep. i believe that he can get enough abs but not enough abs yeah yeah <laughs> and you'd be kind of like what yeah. the entire time yeah like okay and like he might do a british accent through it just yeah. to maintain authenticity but also he's not going to maintain it at yeah. all just so we don't like think like why is that mark ruffalo talking yeah, like, yeah. And, in, <laughs> and in like six years when people rewatch it they'll be like oh yeah he was a thing <laughs> yeah 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 yeah. Okay. I like that. A okay. Lot. So I'm glad. Oh my god. <laughs> the look you gave me just now was like just that that mind meld moment. Star cross. Um. So I needed someone who is horribly miscast in movies to play Cassia, mm-hmm. and I went Chloe Grace Moritz. Ooh. Actually, that works great. Yeah. I yeah. was like, yeah, she can do more. She mm-hmm. could and be they, a horse. She could totally be a horse. <laughs> yeah. She would probably be like, want to play it as a horse, and the director yeah. would be like, no. Yeah. <laughs> Kiefer Sutherland. Gotta go with the original bad guy in a ro- epic romance, uh-huh. Billy Zane. Oh, ooh, oh good one. And you've got the age difference there. Yeah, what that, else is it's he a doing? good age for Billy Zane to do that right now. It's perfect. He can totally do that, and he yeah. can be like imperious, shitty Russian, uh, Russian, <laughs> Roman soldier. Like it's perfect. He's he's he can just play that character. Yeah, again. he'll play yeah. Cal again. It'll I like be fine. that. Um, I would keep Jared Harris as the dad. That it's you it's can't so not no it's so it's good just, again that that is the role that Jairus Harris was born to play yeah. is guy who's gonna screw up the city <laughs> also Jairus Harris I think is the name that he's been <laughs> meaning to have this whole time right uh, you know guys it's been a long day and I've had half a glass of wine so you know Honestly, me, me and my my consonants <laughs> the word great. slips throughout this episode have been satisfying I just for have me. given up entirely yeah, no, it's, it's been a long week. Um, I, we, we are amongst my refuse <laughs> as we currently <laughs> podcast in the middle of trying to move. Um, I cast the, recast the mom because even though in my head, I know that it's Carrie Ann Moss. Every time I think of the mom, uh-huh. I immediately think of Annie McDowell. <laughs> I uh, want her to do it with full deep Southern accent. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just be, just be Southern. I just want her to have a deep draw really for like no idea. good reason. Yeah. Annie McDowell. I also just want to see those curls going with the toga. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, it was mostly aesthetic. And then last but not least, casting Atticus, Winston Duke. Oh, because you got to have someone just as deeply likable, so and big. he's so big. He's fucking Noah charming. Noah would as look shit. so oh tiny God, next yeah. to him. You'd want to see him as the star yeah, of the you, movie. You would want him to be the star, 100%. and that's exactly how this should be. And yeah, so, no, yeah. you cast Winston Duke in your movie. He's the star. No yeah, matter just what. steal, like, to steal every scene. And so he's going to because that's what this movie needs. He's yeah. in ten minutes of Black Panther, and you're like, oh yeah, he's the best character <laughs> yeah, in this movie. Yeah. No, that he is the movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he's he's the king in the end, right? Yeah. Like he wins. Yeah, yeah, he's the best. Yeah. 
So, so yeah, so that's my fantasy casting there. I'm, I was very pleased with it. Well, we know who my Milo is. I can't believe it. I <laughs> love that. Noah I love when you Centineo. and I. Oh. That is so perfect. Um, I am, I am for Cassia, I'm going Lucy Hale. Ooh. Oh. With that dewy skin. Giant and eyes. saucer-like eyes. Oh, yeah. 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 So my only thing with Lucy Hale is that much like Jessica Biel, where she, I can't imagine her in any era other than the 21st century. <laughs> and I would like Lucy love Hale. to see them try. Oh, yeah. yeah. Truly that's, would love. That's a great movie right there. Yeah, yeah. And Lu- like that Lucy p- Hale not pulling a cell phone out of her toga. <laughs> yeah, that, that fucking pair. Like, yeah. sure. Lucy Hale is one of those actors. I When I met her, one of those people that like strikes you as like, oh, you're a very small person. She's so tiny. Mm-hmm. So, so It's like you see her on the poster for whatever that yeah. Blumhouse movie was. And you're like, oh, Truth that looks like a regular size mm-hmm. person. No, 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 not it even. It is close. persistently the weirdest thing and uh, weirdest thing about Hollywood that it's not even that w- the people are smaller; it's that women are smaller than even the average size. Yeah, women. Yeah, like she's 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 I, a bobblehead size. There are or no, not a bobblehead. Where are those the Funko? She looks like yeah, a Funko, Funko pop. pop. There are in in Terminator Dark Fate, which is a mm. not not gay in the literal sense, but deeply gay in the existential sense. Sure. <laughs> um. The sexual height differences in this movie are incredible. Mm. Wait, do they do they embrace how tall Mackenzie Davis is? They do, and you can't help but embrace it when everybody else in the cast is fucking small. So, like, Arnold Schwarzenegger is not that tall of a man. He's big, but he's not that tall. Mm. And then Linda Hamilton is my height. Like, I, I yeah. interviewed her. I was eye to eye. And then I was told by PR that, like, uh, Natalia Reyes is, like, five feet Maybe. Wow. So like you see Linda Hamilton clearing her by like half a head in the movie. And then that makes Mackenzie Davis. It makes her look like a seven foot tall future, future super soldier. I love this. And there's an incredible scene where she's like posted up on a car staring straight down at Linda Hamilton. Linda yes. Hamilton's looking up at her and it's just like, wow, it's not like Mackenzie Davis is seven feet tall. Oh. Everyone here is small. Yeah. It's not even that they're just like, oh, they're my height. I didn't believe mm. it. It's like, is everyone 80 pounds and Let four Mackenzie foot nine? Let Mackenzie Davis be tall. Let yeah. Mackenzie Davis be tall. Let Elizabeth Debicki be tall. I, I just want her to Let pick the tall up women be tall. all the characters under her arms and carry them like sacks of flour. <laughs> she not is, thrown over her shoulder, but she like She is long strong ways. enough to do so. Yeah. Uh, anyway, continue. Dark, Sorry. So, dark so, fate yeah. rules. Um, DFR. Uh, Atticus. I'm making him Nathan Jones. Oh, Ooh. our big friend from Boar. Okay. Yeah, I see the, oh the my God, silliness the, the there. The size difference between him and Noah. Yeah, and I would want to see him like fuck oh, with Noah. You can't like, get them in the same so- shot. Th- I want to see him like punch him around. Oh and, my like, God. Be as like, be as like, like asshole Mrs. uncle Hera? exactly like noogies oh my god um, yeah you would have to do like you'd have to do depth of field play yeah, in order yeah. to get them into the same shot uh yeah Call like very much Cruise. very much the rock <laughs> the rock and the stave yeah. in, in Hobbs and Shaw yeah um who are somehow only like two inches apart on screen uh for uh Kiefer Sutherland's character I'm going with Rufus Sewell sure. I know that name why do I know that he name? is the bad guy in a knight's tale Oh, he is the bad guy in oh. Night's Tale. He's currently starring as a very scary Nazi in The Man in the High Castle. Yes, yes, yes. That um, guy. Yeah, just like eyes of death. Yeah. Uh, like whis- like almost a whispery voice. I, You know what? I think that's who I thought. Frightening. I think that's who I thought the sidekick of Kiefer Sutherland was in this movie. Uh, that, I he had see, very I strong those eyes. I can see what you're saying with that. Um, oh, that's but yeah, him him, like that. him being very imposing over Lucy Hale, I would, uh, I, I would that would be an icy difference that I could appreciate. <laughs> okay, for the wife, I couldn't decide for Carrie and Moss's part. I couldn't decide if I wanted Connie Nielsen. 
Mm-hmm. Or Famke Janssen. Mm. Oh. Who I want to see in more places. Yes. Is one of the great beauties. Yes. I want those cheekbones everywhere. And <laughs> I, I like, I, I, but like Connie Nielsen was so good in like Wonder Woman. And I just, I see her in that period of clothing. Mm. Yeah. So well. So I think I'm going to go Connie Nielsen with, because I'm keeping Jared Harris as well. You yeah. Just, you just have to. Yeah. <laughs> you just have to. And uh, for the customary casting of Ansel and Miles. Yes. Uh, Grecus. The uh, slave wrangler who says he needs to get out of town for a few days. <laughs> that is Miles Teller. Sure. We eventually do watch him and his ship get blown up. Amazing. By a lava bomb. Which if only they had taken the ship off of autopilot. <laughs> <laughs> if only. If only they'd had Dean Cain piloting the ship. If only Dean Cain was there. <laughs> and then uh, the Roman soldier who was the second in command to my Rufus Sewell would be oh yes perfect the oh. arrogant handsome like i am the superior warrior thinking he could beat nathan jones <laughs> and yeah. seeing him in a just hand-to-hand combat situation with nathan jones would be so extremely oh yeah extremely like satisfying jones would just me. make a fist and then just pound his it, head down into the ground like a fence pole yeah it would be it would be like be like princess bride mm-hmm. when fezzik just bunk. yes and there goes there goes wesley yeah like um, yeah, so that's my that's my fantasy lineup. I really oh, enjoy man. that. I we really knocked it out of the park with Noah Centineo. Oh my really god! Good. I mean, there's no other option. <laughs> what it comes down to. There's Noah other. Uh, yeah. Uh, 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 sorry, guys. I just I didn't. So we what do we what are we oh. reading? You there? Oh, Jason wanted a. I had special just a little just a little special request this, for this something evening. to put. It, it doesn't have to conclude. It just something to throw in here really quick yeah, while on the subject. Got? Which one of the actors in this movie uh, would you guess has a music career? Ooh. Oh. Oddly, Jared Harris? Jared Harris, you'd guess? Okay. It's Kiefer. Is it, it Kiefer? I feel like Kiefer probably like went through. the guitar guy? I feel like he went through a, a like a Bruce Willis like harmonica phase. <laughs> oh man, Bruce Willis's music career is <laughs> equally as baffling. I'm just going to play Respect you a, just a little bit of a sample of Kiefer Sutherland's uh, music. I might even show you the music video that accompany, accompanies okay. it while it plays. We'll definitely post the music video along with the link on Twitter. No way. Oh, there boy. is the shirtless. Oh, God. He's not wearing a shirt. Shirtless. Is that Kiefer? This is Kiefer. Shirt- Why is he shirtless at the window? Oh. The shades, <laughs> also, the he literally just pulled the shades and locked the door. The is he dragging his feet? Yep. Yeah. Yes, he is. In the hall. <laughs> Pull them down. I mean, if you want to know what's going Why on, isn't he pulling video? things off the yeah, he's Oh, that dramatic you. turn back to camera. It's I know, that spot where he turns and looks. <laughs> it's like an unkeeper. Because this was his debut music video. Yep. Should he be drinking? Doesn't he have a drinking problem? Uh, yeah, it's... <laughs> the song is Not Enough Whiskey. Oh, God. And I think this is for Keeper, there's too much whiskey. This is He needs to tour with Jeremy Renner. I mean, that's... Oh this, my god. Okay, this is an extension. Why does he keep looking into the camera directly? Because it's a creep. Also, this thing is shot. <laughs> this thing is shot as if they intended it to be a oneer, but then they realized they couldn't do it, yeah. and so they got extra coverage. He's just putting to, on a cowboy hat. 
Yeah. Oh, is the song over? No, it's, it's not over. No, it keeps going, but we're wow. going to end it today. Oh, my God. Oh, that's great. That's great. I was going to show you the Pompeii Tumblr, but that is so much better. I mean, yeah. and look, we can do that. Uh, no, when we when we post like this, there will, we'll, we'll definitely, like, I me will and Amanda and remember. the will, and, yeah. and Jay, we can do the music video. We can do the, the oh, Pompeii the tumblers, Tumblr. The and Pompeii Tumblr is fantastic and such a glimpse is of the- of the movie? Yes. Okay, I didn't know it's it was PompeiiTheMovie.tumblr.com. <laughs> Here's the thing. My, so my friend Chad, uh, who hosts the Best Pictures podcast, another one on this network, it's a fun one, uh, he and I have had an obsession with the Jeremy Renner music career for a little bit. Right. Oh, because God. we've our theory was on this whole thing that Jeremy Renner was trying to like Bradley Cooper himself mm-hmm. and get into playing Bono in a biopic. Oh, okay. Uh, and we were really obsessed with that. I almost bought a Jeremy Renner shirt that was just a collage of Jeremy Renner face all yeah. over it and another shirt that said, uh, it was a quote from Jeremy Renner that was like, I'm just so glad I can have all these great parts in these big pictures. It was like a nothing quote that someone like <laughs> made a shirt out of. That's, that's like that's so like good. the Bull Durham like give the blank quote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like incredible. Just say God willing, we'll be, we'll play again yeah. tomorrow. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> we were obsessed with that, and then it turned out Jeremy Renner was a horrible person, and oh. so we decided to not be obsessed with him anymore. Sure. And then after we chose Pompeii for this podcast. He, he doesn't even realize. Chad doesn't even realize. He sends me a link. Chad doesn't even know. Chad doesn't even know. <laughs> he sends me a link the day after we decide on Pompeii that's just Kiefer Sutherland music video. Wow. Oh my and God. it couldn't have been a bigger gift. From we, when is this from? This is from three years ago. But here's the thing. Sooner than riding, I would have thought. Riding off of that Pompeii high. This December... No. Kiefer Sutherland is playing a show at the Troubadour. Oh, my God. Oh, oh my I God. I am going. Disaster Divas. If we aren't, if the Disaster Diva Kiefer Hive isn't there. <laughs> we decided. If my Muja mothers aren't there. Yeah. We're, we're going to go as Kiefer super fans who yes. don't know he's ever acted. Wow. We're, oh. we're going as fans. You're of ju- purely fans of the purely music. Purely the music. Oh, we sure. discovered him through his music. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm like, oh yeah, I heard he might have been doing some acting at some point. I don't know, but right. I just I love the music. So uh, yeah, much. I just I love me. the music. Like I I I, I, can't, I don't even care. Do you think yeah, that Don? The, how do you think Donald reacts whenever something like this comes? <laughs> and he's like, Dad, I'm playing the troubadour, and Don's like, God damn. Uh, <laughs> he's still doing that shit. <laughs> anyway, so that's that's the discovery of the week that's made me really that's happy. So wonderful. That is really excellent. <laughs> And we have a we we already know what we're gonna be doing. We haven't for done our, how many? Are you giving this? I mean, like we're giving this like two and a half stars each, right? Oh my gosh, that's towering right. infernos. Yeah, towering infernos. We're giving it like two and a half, two and two, three quarters. Two towering, towering infernos for me. Two two and a half. Two towering. Like, infernos. I enjoy the volcano. Good production value. Yeah, I mean, I'm there for the volcano. Like, yeah, everyone looks rubbery during the escape out of town because it's very <laughs> much like, ooh, I uh, the CGI wasn't quite where you guys wanted it yeah. to be, and it might be a function of the fact that it was done in 3D. Mm. And that's why mm. it looks oh, so rubbery. Yeah. I, when, yeah. when Atticus throws his axe at somebody in the Gladiator, I was like, oh, is this a 3D movie? Yeah. Because it comes right at the they camera. They really invested in this movie <clears throat> in terms of what they thought was going to, this movie. Yeah. Like, no one needed Kit Harrington in 3D. Yeah. I'm going three three towering infernos. What? Is it because we gave you shit last week? Wow. No, it's it's wow. not for that. It's for it's three he's reasons. It's a Kiefer super fan. Yeah, true. Three reasons. A, Kiefer, and, and, and as an addendum to that reason, uh, Kiefer's audacity to keep his haircut. Yeah. <laughs> In yeah. this movie. Everyone, You're right. Yeah, yeah, his no, haircut is else, 100% just Kiefer Sutherland. What yeah. was great about this was that everyone else was playing characters. Then Kiefer Sutherland was like, sure, I'll do it. But yeah. I'm like, like his, I guess I'll do an accent. He totally. didn't do it. He barely did an accent. <laughs> yeah. He could have been calling uh, like Central Command sure, right sure. afterward yeah. to defuse a bomb. He could have been like, Jack Bauer undercover. Yeah. yeah. No, Easily. he barely accented. He was yeah. really just there. Yeah. Yeah. So it's yeah, it's just, it's yeah. a two for me. Okay, fine. So Kiefer Kiefer is a big one for you. Kiefer's a big one for me. Uh also, I mean, just the fact that uh, that we have now um discovered that Emily Browning is a horse, that really added a lot <laughs> okay. to me. 
yeah really out of the lot it's true the subtext is really rich yeah it's it's great and then just the pure audacity of the movie uh the the third thing that i truly appreciate is that uh, we don't know milo's name until halfway through this we movie do not. yeah no we it's do incredible not. he's mm-hmm. just he's just when the, he says it i i was like Wait, did I hear that? Really? No, I yeah. Didn't. When they say you, Milo, I was like, "That's the that's the yeah. name you yeah. went with." Of all the Greek, you wait so long to hear it; it couldn't possibly mm-hmm. be and fucking it, Milo. Yeah. It truly is the exact midpoint of the movie that he says his name. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> Fifty minutes in. Oh, oh God. Anyway. I mean, yeah. No, I, I okay. see those points. That's Three all. Towering I'm sticking wow. with my rating, but I appreciate. I, respect I mean, yeah. Yours. I'm going two and a half, and but this is the first time that Jason is more generous. It's to true. It's true. Wow. Eternal optimist. So yeah, we've got. Jordan, you want to announce what our movie is for next week? Yes, our next movie. It's very exciting. It's uh, one of the few... I Gosh, I don't know if we've done a truly good movie yet. Um, um, volcano? I mean, yeah, yeah. Alligator? Yeah. yeah. Like, these, we've done, like, very well-regarded disaster movies. This is, like, a... This An is, like, actual. a high critically praised, like, on Rotten Tomatoes situation. We are doing the Norwegian film The Wave which is from uh, just a couple years ago, 2017. I think it was, yeah. Maybe uh, The Wave is excellent. Uh, and we will have our first guest. Yes. We've been waiting for a while to do it. We will have our first guest. Uh, it is a friend of mine, Kaylin Corrigan, who is an excellent writer. And she, like me, specializes in like genre and horror film writing and such. And I asked her what she wanted to do. And she said, how about The Wave? I was like, that sounds great. And this is like a tight, like 80, 90 minute tsunami thrill ride. So I, I hope you guys will watch it before we talk about it because yeah. it's really well done. You know and what we call a tsunami thrill ride? What? A log flume. <laughs> <laughs> a log flume? That was, what is what is this? It's like you know, like Splash Mountain. Oh, <laughs> what is a flume? That's what you call the thing that's the lost Splash Mountain. Is it like a slide? Yeah. <laughs> I this is off book, ladies and gentlemen. I this is I was not prepared for a log flume. <laughs> as soon as you said a tsunami throw ride, I had to make that stupid. I mean, you're not. Oh. Yeah, sure. But <laughs> a log. Get ready for a real log flume. <laughs> On the next episode of Disaster Girls, everybody. All right, so uh, real quick before... (laughs) Somebody quick claim at log flu. Jesus. (laughs) For where we can Um, find one another on Twitter. you uh, You can watch that on YouTube. You can watch it on Amazon Prime. You can get it. It is on Hulu. Oh, so Hulu. it's free Hulu. on Hulu. Yes. Okay. Cool. And if you, if you, we will do it eventually. If you want to do the back to back of the Wave and the Quake. Yeah. The Quake so is the sequel. They're both really good. I think the Wave is the first and the Quake is the sequel. Yes. Ooh. Yes. The, no, the no. 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 I mean, the Quake is the first and the Wave is the sequel. No. The Wave is the first. Really? Yeah. The oh, wave I thought the, first the Quake causes the, quake. the Wave. No. The wave oh, is the first. my bad. The Wave yeah. causes the Quake. The, and yeah, so they're both really good. And if one is, if if. That if one is on Hulu, I, I that I must be both, both are. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, watch watch the wave. Get ready, okay. y'all. And then Hulu. Jordan, where can we find you on Twitter? At Jor Crew, and I'm a real log flume <laughs> most of the time. Um, I am at Amanda R Tubbs. That's Tubbs with two B's. Mm-hmm. Jordan, Jason. Jason. <laughs> I'm, I'm so tired, <laughs> you guys. She's not even drunk. I'm not. I'm really sober. I'm just tired, Jason. Uh, you can find me at Jim Schmop Schnaff Schnaff. Excuse me. Do not make fun of the fact that I'm cl- slowly <laughs> having an aneurysm. Jason Halftones on uh, Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff. All right, we're uh, at disaster underscore pod on Twitter. You can email us. Uh, we're disastergirlspod at gmail.com. 
please rate and review. Rate and review. Rate and review, you guys, because we. Uh, I need the approval. Yeah, we we all are constantly <laughs> seeking validation yeah. uh, also, through the internet. Tweet about us. Yes. Share it. Spread the good word. Share it with your friends. If you got a friend who's a total disaster, then you should uh, you should let them know yeah. about if the show. If you're on the train listening to this on your way to work and someone sees you laughing, tell them why. And yeah. if and if you're a Dodgers fan, buy Amanda's book. Oh yeah. I What's did, it called? I, oh, I did put out a book recently. It's called Le Renard Argenté, The Silver Fox at War. You can <laughs> find it on Amazon. You can find a link to it by going to my Twitter page where I'm constantly tweeting about people buying my book. It is yeah. entirely about. Chase Utley. It's, yeah, <laughs> it is a microfiction alternate universe sort of book where um, basically I've taken a bunch of tweets I wrote in the voice of tw- Chase Utley, but the premise is that Chase Utley fought in World War II and then plays in modern day baseball. There you go. So, you know, buy it, check it out. It's like $14. Hell yeah. Yep. This I do want to. This is how I keep paying Jason. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I do want to shout out a five-star review that we got in the last week uh, from Padrob, uh, which is a uh, five-star says, Disaster fun. I listened for the first time to hear their take on Alligator, one of my favorites, and I smiled or laughed through the whole thing. Oh, good. So did we. Ayo. They are fun, and listening to their takes is so enjoyable. I definitely recommend giving them a listen, unless you hate fun. I can't wait to see what other movies they'll review. Thank you. Don't hate fun, guys. Listen to our podcast. Yeah, please don't hate fun. Um, the band or the concept. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, I don't like the band, but sure. <laughs> and I will, I will, my parting thought will be, uh, go see Dark Fate or your anti-women. <laughs> <laughs> support Mackenzie Davis, support Lynn Hamilton. Okay, guys. Yep. We'll see you next week on those notes. Bye. Bye. That might be cool.com. You never know. <laughs>